the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yeah, unfortunately, the uh, Brillo-headed Sam Bankman-Fried has been freed of campaign finance violations. He gave $46 million to Democrats. And you might say, wait a second. Uh, I got my hopes up when the Hunter Biden plea deal fell through. I thought maybe we were going to get back to equal justice under the law. (laughs) Well, as I said at the outset of the show, it's wonderful when you get your uh, expectations exceeded. Mine were exceeded yesterday by the judge in the case. By the way, I have a transcript of that, which I'm going to go through here momentarily. But as it concerns Bankman-Fried, the crypto kleptomaniac stole millions from from lots and lots of people, he will not be prosecuted on on, uh, campaign finance violations. And this is such a stupid reason to me. You remember we got him extradited here from the Bahamas, which I presume we have an extradition agreement with the Bahamas to extradite criminals that the United States of America wants to prosecute. But the Bahamas is now saying, well, we only agreed to extradite him to face fraud charges. Therefore... You can't prosecute him for campaign finance violations. Why are we taking orders from the Bahamas, Mon? I don't get it. Man, this Biden Justice Department, what a bunch of idiots. So, Bankman Freed's going to skate on some of the charges. Hopefully, it's a slam dunk on the fraud side. He's supposed to be back in court tomorrow to have his $250 million bail. Looked at Now, as for what happened in court yesterday, there were no cameras, okay? So we had reporters in the room, but what I found odd from the news coverage of the collapsed Hunter Biden plea agreement is that we didn't really have, like, I wanted exact, as Bill O'Reilly used to say, reportage on how this happened. How did this happen? So Jonathan Turley is going to give us a play-by-play here on uh, how it collapsed or why it collapsed. And then I'm going to read you exactly what the judge said and what Biden's attorney said. You don't want to miss that. Here's Turley first. What is really fascinating about the collapse of the deal is that the judge effectively just cleared her throat and the thing collapsed. And the reason is that she asked this deadly and simple question. What does this mean? What exactly does this mean? And she found out that the defendant and government uh, attorneys uh, had a different account of what it means. So they could try to clean that up over the next 30 days. But, uh, you know, there are major flaws in this plea agreement because it's not like any plea agreement that any of us have ever seen before. That is exactly right. And that is what the judge saw. I'm going to read to you from Judge Mary Ellen Noriega's questions to the attorneys in a case. Here we go. This is the judge speaking. You don't have any precedent for this, right? No, Your Honor. Do you have any authority that any court has ever 
ever accepted that or said that they would do that. No, Your Honor. Here's the operative phrase from Hunter Biden's attorney. This was crafted to suit the facts and the circumstance. Oh, you bet it was. So the judge responds, all right, now I want to talk a little bit about this agreement not to prosecute. The agreement not to prosecute includes, wait, is the gun case, does it also include crimes related to the tax case? So I've looked through a bunch of diversion agreements that we have access to, and I couldn't find anything that had anything similar to that. So then she says, let me first ask, do you have any precedent for agreeing not to prosecute crimes that have nothing to do with the case or the charges being diverted? In other words, she's saying, you guys tell me you're continuing to investigate this, idiot. And he's going to plead to gun charges and tax charges, but this agreement appears to absolve him of all charges. Future or whatever, which result from this investigation. So she says, again, here's the question. Do you have any agreement, any any precedent for agreeing not to prosecute crimes that have nothing to do with the case or the charges being diverted? And Hunter's attorney goes, well, I'm not aware of any, Your Honor. <laughs> and she goes, do you have any authority that says that it's appropriate and that the probation officer should agree to that? Or the chief of probation should agree to that as terms of a diversion agreement. And now the guy's starting to sense that this this deal is going south. And he says, Your Honor, I believe that this is a bilateral agreement between the parties. That the parties view in their best interest. In other words, him and the prosecution. I don't believe that the role of probation would include weighing whether the benefit of the bargain is valid or not from the perspective of the United States or the defendant. So she still won't relent. She says, have you ever seen a diversion agreement where the agreement not to prosecute is so broad that it encompasses crimes in a different case? And the attorney responds, no. And I would say, Your Honor, I don't think it is broad in the sense that, and then she interrupts him and goes, we're going to talk about that. You can sit down. That's wonderful. And then she goes on. She says to the government attorneys, this got my attention because you keep telling me that I have no role. I shouldn't be reading this thing. I shouldn't be concerned about what's in these provisions. But you have agreed that I will do that, but you didn't ask me to sign off. So how do you have any precedent for that? Again, this time he says the same thing. Your Honor, no, I don't have any precedent. And she responds, well, as I read it, tell me if I'm reading it correctly. Under the agreement, as you all have drafted it, the only way charges could ever be brought is if I have the hearing that you all agreed that I have to have, right? And he goes, yes. And then she says, so if I don't have a hearing or make a finding, no criminal charges can be pursued for the gun charge or for any other federal charge within the scope of the agreement not to be prosecuted. And he says, yeah, that's right. To which she responds, and now they know they're in trouble. Well, I'm concerned that the provision makes me a gatekeeper to criminal charges and puts me in the middle of a decision as to whether or not to bring a charge. 
And we have already talked about the separation of powers and that choice as to whether to bring charges or not is not. That's not the executive branch and it's not the judicial branch. So is this even constitutional? And Biden's attorney's trying to save it. He jumps up and he says, I believe it is, Your Honor, because what the structure makes clear is that Your Honor is just finding facts. Well, nice try, Chris Clark, but it didn't work. And the deal fell apart. So the question becomes, what happens now? Here's Jonathan Turley. The question is, what do they do now? Usually the Justice Department has an almost universal response to a defendant who walks away from a plea bargain in court. And that is to bring it all. In. You know, you get charged with everything. They seek the maximum jail time. Uh, they just bring everything to the game. Uh, we'll see if that's their response or whether they're going to try to resuscitate this sweetheart deal. But Yeah, I don't expect that. I, I don't expect the Biden Justice Department to say, imagine this phone call to the uh, Oval Office. Hello, Joe. Hey, Joe, wake up. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, hey, man. Come on, man. What's up? Well, it'd be more like, uh, come on, man, what's up? Look, Joe, we tried to protect your son. We've compromised our personal integrity, our character, our career reputations and everything. And this one judge in Delaware, she must have fallen through the cracks. You forgot to pay her off. (laughs) Now we're going to have to throw the book at Hunter. Can you imagine that? No, I can't either. I can't either. These guys clearly are... Far and away, so uber terrified of Donald Trump becoming president again, or any Republican becoming president again. Because honestly, I think they're more terrified of Ron DeSantis being president than they are Donald Trump. Because DeSantis, DeSantis is not, um, like, you think of that weaponry we just authorized for Ukraine, those cluster bombs where you shoot them off and they land and then the bombs can explode anywhere, anytime. That's Trump. He's not focused. He's not targeted. DeSantis is like a hypersonic missile. He wastes no time, and and he's right over the bullseye. That's what the Democrats fear the most. Uh, Weird, uncomfortable moment yesterday uh, in the halls of government. Mitch McConnell, the uh, Senate minority leader, was speaking to people, uh, news conference, uh, other senators gathered around him, and he froze. He just froze. It looked like he was having uh, some kind of a medical episode. It was uncomfortable to watch, and it, to me, is uh, dishonest and disingenuous for me not to say that Mitch McConnell needs to seriously consider uh resigning his position and giving it to someone else. I know that everybody thinks Mitch McConnell is playing, uh, you know, checkers or playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers. And I know that there are, you know, things we need to uh, be grateful that Mitch McConnell was on the case of, namely keeping Merrick Garland off the Supreme Court. But you can't freeze for 20 seconds in the middle of an address to reporters in front of other senators and then tell me, no, no, everything's okay. Mitch is fine. Everything's great. No, he's not fine. And for his own good, for his own health, he should be taking a leave of absence. He's had to fall. He's been off work for medical reasons. I know government's a great gig. It must be a great gig because, man, people can't give it up. 
Here's Dianne Feinstein today. This is from uh, uh, some kind of a Senate hearing today where they're doing a roll call vote. Even I know how to do a roll call vote. They call my name. I go, nay or a, yes or no. That's a roll call vote. Dianne Feinstein, <laughs> they call her name uncomfortable. Senator Feinstein. Hello, anybody um, home? Say aye. Pardon me? Aye. Yeah. Uh, just say I, I would like... Did you hear that? They said, just say aye. Just say aye. That's what they said. Just say aye. I'd like to support a yes vote on this. Um, it provides $823 billion. That's an increase of $26 billion for the Department of Defense. And it funds priorities submitted. Now her aide leans over and is whispering in her ear, and so she pauses. Yeah, just say aye. Okay, just aye. Thank you. Senator Feinstein. How long has she been doing this? Like 60 years she's been doing this? I don't know, 50 years, 40 years? There's the answer. Too many years. What is she doing there? John Fetterman. What is he doing there? Okay, like we are not running an adult daycare center. We do not issue depends with a Senate security card. I hope. Man, this is ridiculous. Now, you don't have to be old to be in over your head when it comes to serving in government. Here is a guy who I really believe is not very smart. I believe that Hakeem Jeffries, the new Nancy Pelosi, if you will, he's House Minority Leader. I don't believe Hakeem Jeffries is very smart. I don't. Has nothing to do with the fact that Hakeem Jeffries is black. It has to do with the fact that Hakeem Jeffries is a bad actor playing the role of someone who knows what he's doing. He's a bad actor. Right? You go to high school plays, and you see, like, there's usually one or two kids who go, like, wow, they're really talented. And then there's another kid who, eh, not very talented, but it's a high school play. They're doing their best, right? So you cut them some slack because isn't it great? They found an extracurricular activity. Well, that's not how the United States House of Representatives works. We need you to go and have acumen and not be a preening, posing Fraud, which is what Hakeem Jeffries is. Because as I've said before, I don't care if you're listening, Hakeem Jeffries' brother, Kwame Jeffries at Ohio State. I've heard you speak. I've heard you make your woke reasoning. You're a lot more able to do the job you have than this, your brother, is capable of doing the job he has. Because I think in a former life, I'm doing my Hakeem Jeffries impression now. He thought that if he moved his hand once for every other syllable he uttered, people would think that, wow, there is a really smart guy. (laughs) What a clown show this is. I wish you could see the hand gestures, but all you have to do is listen to his nonsense to know he's over his head. The Republicans have chosen to try and jam their extreme right-wing ideology down the throats of the American people and... And 
take us toward a nationwide ban on abortion care, bully the transgender community? Two things, Hakeem. It's ideology, and there is no pause between nation and wide. I know it's tough because they're both standalone words in some cases, but they also make one word, in this case, not requiring the pause that you needlessly inserted. The Republicans have chosen to try and jam their extreme what? right-wing ideology down the throats of the American people. Mm, their ideology. Take us toward a nationwide ban. What kind of ban? On abortion care. <laughs> bully the transgender community. Hand gesture. Move, move, move. Stick and move, Hakeem. Wow. What a clown. Pramila Jayapal. Also, over her head, there's a hearing in front of the House today on transgender care and medicine. I can't get out of my Hakeem Jeffries impression. I'm pausing after every word. So there's this hearing today. Chloe Cole gives powerful testimony. One of the Penn swimmers gives powerful testimony. And the testimony is so powerful that there is no comeback. There is no cancel to it. So Pramila Jayapal is going to say, ah, well, you know, nobody cares about that stuff. Nobody cares about that stuff. But the American people are not interested in this issue. Yes, they are interested. They're not interested in trans kids. They're not interested in Hunter Biden. They Mm. are interested in bringing their costs down, in creating opportunities for all Americans to be lifted up and for people to be able to take care of their families. And Republicans are legislating in every way against that. They are really they're legislating against that. First of all, you're stupidly partisanly wrong. People care a ton about the issues of transgenderism as it affects their kids because you're shoving it down our throats in our schools and injecting your woke sexual ideology into elementary schools. We care a lot about that. I know you don't want us to care about Hunter Biden. We care a lot about that, too, because you know why we care about that? Because we care about equal protection under the law. That's what we care about. We care about you're supposed to care about white privilege. He's the epitome of white privilege. Why don't you care, Pramila Jayapal? And then she's like, oh, Americans care about bringing costs down. Uh, They care about taking care of their families. Really? Yeah, we do. How's your guy Joe Biden doing on that? How's How's he doing on that? Maybe if you got him to care about that, you'd start drilling for domestic energy. Maybe, maybe you wouldn't have spent all the money you spent in the needless American rescue plan and the incredibly even more stupid and unnecessary Inflation Reduction Act. But Pramila Jayapal cares about the only thing all Democrats care about, whether they're cogent or brain-addled, and that is power. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.